Welcome to the Reversing Diabetes Podcast with Delane ND, the podcast for people looking to correct chronic illnesses such as diabetes through lifestyle change. I'm Dr. Delane Vaughn. As a physician, I see many patients who are ill because of lifestyle decisions such as food choices. Typically, diseases such as diabetes are managed with pills or injections. This approach creates a vicious, expensive, and unhealthy cycle of medication and then more medication to address the negative side effects. As a physician and a life coach, I work with clients to resolve their diseases, get off their medications, and live a naturally healthy life. If you don't like the healthcare system in America, I recommend you use less of it by being naturally healthy. So if you feel there has to be a better, more natural way to live a healthy life, you are in the right place. Hello, and welcome to the Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD, podcast number 137. All right, today we are going to talk about the struggle bus. This is a phrase that my clients frequently will use. I believe that most of the time they think they're just reporting the news, like I'm struggling with this, but I would offer that it's not a way that creates the results that they want in life is really what it comes down to. So I'm going to talk today about kind of where struggle comes from, where we believe it comes from, and then where it actually comes from. I'm going to use a what I find an entertaining example of me struggling and experiencing this feeling of struggle in the last couple of weeks, then kind of how I see it playing out for my clients. So I want to talk about that. But before we do that, I do want to point out that there is a five-day training session that starts March 14th. So that is actually the, I'm recording this before that, but typically the podcast will drop on the Sunday before it may, you may get to it on the Monday. Either way, if you get to the podcast, it's the 14th or even early on the 15th and you're interested in doing this five-day training session, don't hesitate to send me an email and see if I can get you in. Send it to Delane at DelaneMD.com and I will get you registered and we'll go from there. If you want to go to my website, DelaneMD.com, you can also register there. So let's talk about struggling. So what I hear from people when they say, when they're having this experience of the struggle, right, they, they will come out and say, I'm struggling or they'll say, I'm on the struggle bus or they'll say, I can't seem to get it figured out. I'm really having a hard time getting it figured out. Or another way it sounds is, I just don't know why. I don't know why I can't figure it out. I don't know why I can't get this done. I don't know why I keep making this decision. All of these thoughts or all of these things that clients say to me are examples of what creates the struggle. And why it creates the struggles because when we say I'm struggling or when we say I'm on the struggle bus or when we say I just can't figure it out or when we say I don't know why I keep doing this, say it right now and experience what happens in your body because it feels hard. It feels challenging. It feels difficult. That is the struggling component. Doing the hard stuff, right? Like that's part of it, right? Is that we're doing something either we've not done before or that we find hard that is what creates a struggle. But what I wanna offer to you today and what I'm gonna go into is that what creates a struggle and what feels hard for person A, what creates a struggle and what feels hard for person B are not the same. That means that that feeling of struggling is caused by our thoughts. Those are unique to us and those are also what we have the most effect over changing in our lives. So it's interesting, if you look up the word struggle, the definition that comes up with is to make a forceful or violent effort to get free of a constraint or a restraint. So I thought that was interesting because I don't feel like anybody, especially when my clients are coming to me and they're saying, I'm on the struggle bus, I'm really struggling. I don't 
know that we're acknowledging the constriction or the restraint that we're experiencing. We don't question it, what is constricting or restraining us. We don't ever acknowledge or investigate that part of it. When I hear my clients talk about this, they talk about the struggle to stop eating the foods that are making them sick with type 2 diabetes. And they are talking about the decisions that they are making as they are constricting and restraining them. So I want to eat cookies, but I can't eat cookies because I have diabetes. That's the restraint that they're experiencing. I can't eat cookies, but I want to. That's the the friction that they're getting. That is what creates the struggle. So asking what is leading to the decisions, right, is the thought work. That's what I do with my clients. What is leading to the decision that you're making? When you tell yourself, I want to eat the cookies, but I can't eat the cookies because I have diabetes, and you're feeling frustrated or restrained or deprived, and you're ruminating in that thought, or you then eat the cookies because you're like, screw that, I can do whatever I want. That is what keeps you stuck in a cycle. That's what keeps this struggling component going on. So asking my clients what's leading them to make those decisions. And in the moment it is, it's something like, I shouldn't have to not eat the cookies. This is a bunch of crap. Everybody else gets to eat the cookies. It's some thought like that that leads to the decision for eating the cookies. And asking yourself, what do you believe about the cookies? Like, why are you choosing the cookies? What does it mean to you? What do you believe will happen if you eat the food? And a lot of times that sounds like, oh, if I eat the food, I know I'll just start again tomorrow, right? And that, of course, is a thought error because if you were going to start again tomorrow, you would have actually started yesterday and we wouldn't be talking about it again today, right? That's a thought error. More frequently, what people experience is what they're afraid of, what will happen if they do not eat the food. Not necessarily what they believe the food is going to create, but what they're fearful they're going to experience if they're not eating that food. These are powerful questions that help you see what your brain is creating when you're experiencing the struggle, right? Your brain is creating the struggle. That is where the struggle comes from, and I will get to that. But seeing what your brain is telling you that's creating that is so powerful to helping you see where you need to make a change. It's not in the food. I mean, yeah, you're going to have to stop eating processed refined carbohydrates every day, six times a day to reverse your diabetes. That's going to have to happen, sure, but that isn't the part that needs to be fixed. That's just a decision, not right or wrong. What has to be fixed is the reason you tell yourself to eat this food that's making you sick. That's the part that we work on fixing. So I'm not going to dig so much into that today. I do want to talk, though, about the struggle. What do you do in the place where you're experiencing the struggle? And how do you manage the hard stuff? So first, struggle is not a circumstance. This is not consistently experienced by all the human beings in the world. What's a struggle for one person is not a struggle for another person. If we put struggle into the thought model, struggle is a feeling. Figuring out why you're struggling will give you the thoughts that you're having about the circumstance. So remember, the thought model has five parts. The first part is the circumstance. The circumstance is experienced the same by every human being on the planet. And I'm going to give you an example. It is currently 60 degrees outside. That is a circumstance. It is read by everybody the same way. 60 degrees Fahrenheit. We look at a thermometer, a thermometer gives us a reading, 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Our thoughts are, it's cold with that north wind. 
or finally spring is here. All of those are thoughts. They are not circumstances. For me, 60 degrees is cold because there's a north wind. <laughs> For some people though, 60 degrees is awesome. It's their favorite. They love it. It's spring. They get to wear shorts and maybe a sweater and they're in seventh heaven. So a circumstance is something that every human being looks at the same way. They see and define and describe that all in the same way. You cannot describe 60 degrees Fahrenheit in any other way because 61 degrees Fahrenheit is something different. 59 degrees Fahrenheit is something different. It's hot as a thought and it's cold as a thought. Okay, so you have circumstances, then you have thoughts about the circumstances. Those thoughts create our feelings. Our feelings drive our actions and our actions give us our results. So why is it hard? Why is it difficult? Why is there a challenge? Why is this a struggle? Those questions are going to give you the thoughts that you're having that are creating this feeling of struggle in your experience. So recently I had to go to Target. I was doing something that I did not want to be doing. There was a stain on my couch and it happened because of the actions of children. And sometimes I understand that those things happen. That's not a problem. But I did not want to be spending my time fixing this problem, finding a solution to this problem. So I went to Target to get a spot cleaner and the solution to use. And what it comes down to is I was doing something I didn't want to be doing. Um, something had happened that I felt should not have happened. I was having to take time out of my day to take care of it. I was having to, right? Like even though like something happened and it shouldn't have happened. There's a shouldn't there. There's a having to, there's all this like loss of control in my experience, right? I didn't want to be doing what I was doing is really what it came down to for me. So I realized halfway through the target experience that I was really irritable. I was irritable and I was frustrated and I was overwhelmed all because of something that I really didn't think I should have to take time out of my day to do. So I shopped. I was looking all over Target to find the things I needed and then I looked for other things that I would need eventually. I was annoyed that this Target wasn't organized the way that the typical Target I go to is but eventually I found the cleaner and then it's so interesting. I also, um, I ended up buying weights, hand weights, and I'm going to come back to this because it's interesting that that happened. I also was like, oh, I need an anniversary card for a friend. Oh, I need this. Oh yeah, I need that. And so I find myself before I ever get the cleaner, the spot cleaner that I'm looking for, I've looked for all of these other things. Oh, there's a cool St. Patty's Day t-shirt. I'm going to grab that. All of these other things that I did before I went and took care of the spot cleaner component, right? And then the funny thing was, I found it interesting. I was so annoyed and irritated by the time I got to check out. I was checking out and of course, the clerk could not get the security device off of the spot cleaner that I was purchasing. So then she had to, oh, hold on just a second. She had to go somewhere else. And the whole time my brain is offering all of these different things as reasons that this is a bunch of crap and I shouldn't be here and this is taking so long and this is way harder than it should be and I shouldn't even have to be doing this. I will tell you every step of the process of getting out of Target really felt like a colossal effort for me. It was truly a struggle. 
Then as I finally got out of the, the store and was going to unload my stuff in my car, and again, I had at least the insight to say, hey, you're annoyed, you're frustrated, you're irritated. Maybe, you know, like, okay, this happens. This is part of it. But then I realized that I was complaining about the things that I was doing, not really considering the reasons that I was doing them, right? Like there was a stain on my couch and I didn't want a stain on my couch, but I was mad because the reasons it was there. So this led to this struggly component. And what I want to offer is of course, it's going to feel challenging. Of course, every step is going to feel struggly in that situation. So it's interesting when I was a kid, my dad called this bitching and moaning, like that's enough bitching and moaning. That's what my dad called it. My dad would have never put up with this kind of chatter that was going on in my head. And I'll tell you, I use that same phrase in my home. Like, we don't bitch and moan about this stuff. We got a job to do, just get the job done. What I realized is when we're fighting against the things that we're doing, we're arguing with the things that we're doing, and we wish we didn't have to be doing them, this is what is creating this feeling of struggle. It's not being at Target. It's not the stain on my couch. It's not the cookies in the pantry. This is what creates the struggle. Everybody wants to believe that a struggle is a circumstance, but what I want to offer you is it is not a circumstance. It's a feeling, and that is the best news ever because we don't have control over the circumstance. I do not have control over 60 degrees Fahrenheit. I might in my house to some extent have control over what the thermostat reads, what it says outside, I don't have control over. I also don't have complete control even within my home in a environmentally controlled home about what the temperature is, right? So it is not the struggle. We have control over that component, right? We can like accept what it is and just be like, oh, this is one of those times in the world that it's not fabulous. Or we can decide, no, actually, I don't want to stain on my sofa. And this is what I have to do to do that. I really am focused on the outcome that I want here, not on the experience of getting to that outcome. That's the bitching and moaning component, right? I know this therapist and she always says that pain is going to be part of every human being's experience. Some discomfort. You're going to stub a toe. You're going to get a paper cut. You're going to hit your knee or, or get kicked in the shins or there is going to be pain as a human being in the world. That is part of the human experience. Suffering from pain is optional. That is not required. We don't have to suffer because we experience pain. And I feel like that's what this is, right? Like, I don't have to struggle because I've got to go to Target to buy a cleaner, a spot cleaner. I don't have to struggle because of that. I will have to, as a human being, do things that I don't want to do that's going to be part of the human experience. Struggling with the things that I don't want to do, that's optional. For me, I realized I was fighting against the reality of what I was doing. I was cleaning up a, a stain on my sofa. And even, it's so interesting, even as I was working on the outline for this podcast, I was <laughs> in my brain, I was cleaning up a stain on my show, sofa that I, and I was telling myself I shouldn't have to do it. But as I'm saying it, even as I was typing it out, I'm cleaning up a mess that I shouldn't have to clean up. That is exactly how my brain really was connected to it. And that's fine. There is nothing wrong with that thought. But what I know is that's what creates the struggle. And it creates a struggle because I'm wrong. It feels bad because I'm wrong. There's a stain on my sofa and I shouldn't have to clean it up. Here's what I'll offer. I don't have to clean it up. Nobody's got a gun to my head saying clean it, clean it, clean it. I don't have to clean it up. The fact is I actually want to clean it up, but 
when I tell myself I shouldn't have to, I know that I'm wrong. And that feels, that doesn't feel good to us. That's what part of the struggle is. These thoughts are what are creating that struggle. So I was doing something that I thought I shouldn't have to be doing. So my thought model here was there was a stain on my couch. That is a circumstance that anybody who came to my couch and looked at it could see that was there. My thought was I shouldn't have to go to Target and then I wouldn't be annoyed. That was actually my, my thing. I could see, I had the insight to see that I was frustrated, annoyed, and overwhelmed. But I had the belief that if I didn't have to be here at Target, then I wouldn't have that, that feeling. And of course, when I thought I shouldn't have to be at Target and then I wouldn't be annoyed, that created the struggle. That created the, God, this is so hard. It is such a challenge. It really, truly, every step felt challenging for me. So then what I would do from this struggly feeling was try to check out, try to get away from the struggle. So I would Facebook, like, you know, I'd be walking to where the cleaners were. So I'd look at Facebook and of course that distracted me. Then I'd look at something else and then I was walking slow and I wasn't really paying attention. And, oh, did I just pass the cleaner? Did I mention that this isn't the normal layout of my target? I don't even know where anything's at. I'm, I got, it took longer for me to do what needed to be done because I was Facebooking. And then I would start to distract myself by other purchases. Oh, don't I need a shower curtain? Oh, I've been meeting to get heavier weights. Oh, I need to get that anniversary card. All of these things happened again creating my time at at Target being longer, which created more of this annoyance and frustration. And then I would be Google searching products that that had nothing to do with the cleaner that I really needed to get. So the result that I got from these, from my thought model was I was at a place I didn't want to be at and I was there longer than I should have been there. And it felt like a struggle. I created the struggle. I did that. That was not... Target didn't create my struggle, and the stain on my couch didn't create my struggle. This story I was telling myself that I was annoyed, and if I didn't have to be here, I wouldn't be annoyed. That is what created that struggle in me. So where I see this with my clients is typically they have food that they want to eat, but they tell themselves they shouldn't eat it because they're diabetes, and that creates this friction, this frustration, this anger, this annoyance, right? So their circumstances, they have a diagnosis of diabetes. Their blood sugars are in a range that gives them a clinical diagnosis of type 2 diabetes. Again, all physicians, all clinicians will look at this evidence and describe it the same way. I guess in, in reality, we could even have a discussion about whether that's a thought or a circumstance, but we're going to go ahead and count it as a circumstance at this point. We could also give a reading of what the blood sugar is. You know, my fasting blood sugar is 150. Well, if your fasting blood sugar is 150, that's a circumstance. And then what's your thought about the circumstances? So I really want a cookie, but I know if I eat that, my blood sugars are going to stay high. So I shouldn't eat it because my blood sugars are too high. And that, of course, creates this friction, this frustration, this anger, maybe this annoyance. You'll have to figure out how that feels in your body. The idea that my clients have that where they get stuck is they're I really want to eat the cookie. I shouldn't because I have diabetes and I shouldn't feel frustrated. I hate this part. The feeling frustrated is what I want to run from. That is what creates the struggly component. That is what creates the effort, right? The violent effort to try to free yourself from the restraint or the constraint is I shouldn't have to feel frustrated about this. I shouldn't have to have this experience I should be able to free myself from it 
That's what creates that struggle. So, and of course, when they feel this way, they figure out something, they're looking for something, right? They're, oh, I need to find whatever it is that I can replace that cookie. And then they frequently will overeat those things. So berries, grapes, fruits, some kind of xylitol-laden chocolate, some kind of crazy non-food food item. And, or they ruminate on the cookies, right? They're constantly thinking about the cookies. And then they try to move the cookies, right? Like move the cookies out of the house, move me out of the house, move me upstairs, keep the cookies downstairs. They're trying to find this way to keep them from eating the cookies that they are experiencing the struggle with. So from this frustration, though, and from this struggle, a lot of times they just are like, I can't keep fighting. I can't keep fighting this constraint and this restraint. I keep, can't keep fighting to free myself from this. I'm going to just eat the cookies. And they eat the cookies. And, of course, then their blood sugars go high. And there they get evidence that when they eat cookies, their blood sugars are too high. They create more evidence for why they were struggling in the first place. That's the result that they get in this thought model. They believe the struggle is because the cookies are there. I believed I was struggling because I was at Target and I was doing something I didn't want to do. But I'm going to tell you, lots of women, they love going to Target. I'm not one of them, but I'm sure if you're not one of them, you know one of them. Lots of women love going to Target. Lots of women also don't like cookies. They don't struggle not to eat them. Lots of human beings all across the world don't like cookies. So again, pain is an experience all the humans will have. It's kind of a requirement for being a human being. Suffering is optional. Doing something that maybe you're not in love with doing, it's not your first thing that you'd like to do, it's not everything that you want to do, it's probably a normal part of the human experience. Struggling with it is optional. Making these changes, learning to do something different, or doing something that's not your first choice is always going to be part of the human experience. That's what we, that's, I mean, like, I don't want to get up all the time and take my kids to school, right? But if I got up every morning and I complained and complained and complained about why I have to do this and I shouldn't have to do this, it would create that struggle, right? The struggle is optional. It's always optional. This is the best news ever, by the way, because if it wasn't optional, then we would just have to sit with the struggle and it, I wouldn't have any way to fix it. What I'm offering to you, what I did in the moment at Target, I was pushing my cart out and I was like, oh, this is just part of the human experience. Sometimes you just got to do things you don't want to do. In that moment, don't worry, I was already leaving Target, so it wasn't like I got to really benefit from this kind of epiphany that came through. But in that moment, right then and there, my shoulders relaxed. There was a liberation. There was a, a release. There was levity. I just relaxed. I was like, oh, yeah. Sometimes as humans, we do this. That's right. That's all this is. So if this resonates with you, if you're understanding this, if you find that this is where your work is, my six-month program is what you need to help you get through this, right? You don't need me to tell you about chocolate cake, right? We've said this before. You know chocolate cake's a problem. The women that come to me, they're amazing. They're successful. They've done all sorts of things. They run businesses. They're engineers. They're medical professionals. They're lawyers. They've done hard things. They just can't figure out how to beat the chocolate cake. It's not because they don't know. It's this kind of stuff that keeps them in that struggle. 
and keeps them from getting the results that they want. This is what I help people with in my six-month program. If that's something that you're interested in, definitely send me an email, delane at delanemd.com if you're interested in the five-day program that starts today when this uh, podcast comes out. Make sure you send me an email. I'll get you in. If you have any questions about this, don't ever hesitate to reach out to me. If you want to just reach out to me and tell me that you think I've lost my mind and this is not the way the world works, do not hesitate to do that. Send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. All right. I hope this was helpful and I will talk with you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Also leave me a review. If you want to resolve your diabetes naturally without any pills or injections, I can help you. Visit DelaneMD.com for more information. Click on the Work With Me tab, send me a message, and we can set up a mini coaching session. You guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.